Hi, my name is Wizzy Brown. And I'm Molly Keck. And we are with the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service Department of Entomology. And this is Bugs by the Yard, where we hope to increase your enthusiasm about bugs in the urban landscape. Welcome back to Bugs by the Yard. We are continuing with our butterfly stuff today. Today we are covering the nymphality. So this is another one where taxonomy is all over the place. So nymphy is the family name, and these are essentially the brush-footed butterflies. There are about 6,000 species worldwide. I think we have just over 200 species in North America. All of these butterflies are going to have their front legs reduced and they don't have the tarsal claws and they actually have little hairs, I guess. Like, I don't know. They almost look like little hairy combs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And they're, it's hard to describe. (laughs) And it's really weird. If you really pick up an emphalid and, and look at its legs, they only essentially have four legs. Like that, that first set is, yeah. is very reduced. I had known they were called brush footed butterflies. I guess I never really comprehended why. And once I did getting a good look at it, you're like, oh my gosh, they don't have front legs. It's just like a little, yeah. fe- it's like a feather. While their legs, technically they are not used for walking. They actually have those hairs. And from what I've read, they use the hairs to taste and smell things. So I'm assuming that they have chemoreceptors on them, which, you know, okay, that explains why they're feathery, right? You know, it expands the surface area. But this is a huge group of butterflies. It's just, it's enormous. And there are a variety of subfamilies in here. And we talked about one of them last time. That was the Danaeani, which are the milkweed butterflies, the monarchs, the queens, the soldiers, and the tropical milkweed butterfly, I think was the fourth one. Yeah. But there's within all of these subfamilies, there is Nymphalini, which are the true brushfoots, but there's also the Libotheids, there's the Heliconias, there's the Limitinini which are the admirals, the morphos, which we don't have, do we, we don't have morphos in North America, but you know, those are the ones that everybody's like, Ooh, ah, if you go see a butterfly place, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The the big showy blue ones that are gorgeous. Who knows? We might get them. We got the Atlas moth here in the United States. So (laughs) yes, that was bananas. I'm still kind of trying to figure out how that went from there to where it showed up in the United States. It's somebody brought a pupa. It had had to have been. I was just like, somebody is bringing in caterpillars to rear or something because there's no way it just got from Asia to the Pacific Northwest. Right. That doesn't even make sense. But anyway, we digress. It would be actually more reasonable to have morphos show up in the United States. They could kind of come up from South America through Mexico. And that's the cool thing, I guess, about living in Texas, because we do have a huge amount of butterflies that we get here. I mean, not so much in central to North Texas, but if you go down in the Valley, there's a ton of stuff that you can see. And a lot of those tropical species 
you can actually find down there. So if you're big into butterflies, you might want to take a field trip to the valley to gawk at the butterflies, I guess. <laughs> Brush-footed butterflies. Like I said, this is a very diverse group. It has a lot of well-known butterflies, which we'll talk about more specific ones later on. But they can be anywhere from really brightly colored to drab camouflage blend in with the tree trunk kind of thing. A lot of them, if they are a butterfly that has the bright colors on the top of their wing, they're going to be drab on the underside. So if they fold up their wings, then they essentially look like a leaf almost that they just kind of, they're there. But the adults only live about a few weeks. I think I read that there was one species that can live up to six months in the adult stage. It's found oh, in more temperate yeah. regions, which I was like, that's that's a really long time for a butterfly to survive. And then if you're talking about going egg to the complete adult cycle, that is anywhere from one to two years that they have. And of course, these are butterflies. So these are going to be active during the day and you can find them in a variety of habitats. And then for the caterpillars, they are going to be essentially active during the day or night, really dependent upon what species. So some of them are during the day, some of them are going to feed at night. And then like most caterpillars, they are going to feed on plant material or vegetation, whereas adults are going to feed on nectar. Sometimes you'll see them on dung to get salts and minerals or around muddy areas or things like that. And then communication is typically done by chemical smells called pheromones. And then there's also some communication with colors. So a lot of times when you see them, the males will be showy because that's them impressing, I guess, the females, right? Yeah. <laughs> so sexual dimorphism. When we get into the, the true brushfoot subfamily, the Nymphalinae, these include the checker spots, the patches, the, you know, there's 80 bajillion, the crescents. Uh, there's also what I call the punctuation category. So we have like the question marks and yes, commas. Yes. <laughs> um, and then the ladies of these. So I think the first one I'm going to start off talking about is the painted lady, because that, I guess, kind of a quintessential butterfly. I mean, it's very, very common. This is one of probably the most widespread butterflies of all the butterflies. You can find this all over the United States. And these are ones I always get these ones mixed up with the red admirals. Like if I'm out walking the dog and I see them, it's just, my brain cannot separate the two of them because I don't think that they look alike at all, <laughs> but you know, they're the same size and they're flittering around. And so I'm always kind of like, well, what, what, what was that one? I, I can't remember which one it was, but one day I will remember which one is which maybe after today's recording. Did you know we have two species of painted ladies here? We have an American and then just the painted lady. I didn't know that we had that. We had the, there. so the painted lady, the one that I was the Vanessa Cardui. 
That's and then the- I'm assuming the other one is the Vanessa Virginica. That's Vir- the American painted lady, Vir- I think. Is that right? Virginiensis, yeah. And the painted lady, Cardui, the Vanessa Cardui. So I guess somebody named Vanessa or whoever discovered them uh, had a real big crush on Vanessa. And that was that they named it the genus after, <laughs> that I always guess. But the painted lady is like, worldwide. Like it's not, it's found on almost every continent, probably not Antarctica, but I think that's, that's the one I'm pretty sure that if you get the life cycle from a store and you you order yourself little pupa, it's the painted lady pupa. That's the species that you're getting. And I'm assuming those things are used so readily and just shipped all over the place because they're there anyway. So they don't really, it's not a concern if you don't have to worry about them taking over. Right. Which is good. (laughs) And they have actually a really interesting story. They have a major migration. Like, so we all, we know about the monarchs having a huge migration, but they migrate, they have mass migrations from North Africa. Let's see, they go from North Africa, the Middle East and Asia up to Europe, Britain and Ireland in the summer. And then they come back down in the autumn. So they're probably not doing it right now. I don't know if their summer's the same as ours over there, but it's their migration there is like what our monarch migration is here. It's like very, very, very well known, but they're not in demise like ours. I was going to say, yeah, I wonder if they would be having the same issues with habitat and all of that. Oh, and then also when they return South, um, that nobody really sees them because they're too high up in the air. They, I guess the, I don't know how the wind works, but maybe it brings them up higher so that you can actually see them up there. So they're only seen going South North, but not back down South again. Oh, that's so cool. The other one, the American painted lady, that is one that we just have here, I believe in, in North America, correct? Yes. But I think it's all over North America, all over North America. Yeah. And some people call them the hunter's butterfly. I've never heard that in Texas, but I guess in other parts of the country, they call it hunter's butterfly. Hmm. And they look like it's very, very difficult to tell them apart. Really, the biggest difference is that the painted lady that's cosmopolitan has four eye spots on the underside of the wings. And the American painted lady has just two eye spots. And she also has eye spots on the forewing also, but you have to be looking closely. It's not something you're going to notice flitting by at all. That's probably why I had no idea. I knew that there were two, but again, it's like, oh, that's a painted lady. Like, oh, hey, that's a different kind of painted lady because I'm not really counting eye spots when things are flying past me. I got pretty excited when I learned that there were two. And then I was trying to take pictures of the two different species. I was looking through my collections. I'm like, I have both of them. How cool is that? I wish I'd done a better job of my labels. And then I would know, okay, these were ones that we hatched out at a camp and I just saved them. So that must be the American. And what am I finding like in my own backyard? Is it the painted or the American or both? See, now I'm going to have to pay attention. So for those of you who I guess don't know, painted ladies, essentially, like Molly said, you have to look at the underside of the wings for eye spots. If you want to tell the painted lady apart from the American lady, but they're both a essentially like brownish with reddish orange markings kind of further out. So they're brown toward more so towards the body. And then they kind of go into this reddish orange and then you on the front wings kind of have those white speckles at the pointy part of the wingtip. 
and I don't know how to describe them other than that. I mean, that's there. Yeah. They, the, I mean, they, they both look like that. <laughs> they do the top side of the wings, orange and brown and some white spots. And then, but the underside of the wings, if you, if you catch one and you take a picture of it and you blow it up and you look closely at it, it's not as random of a pattern as it kind of seems If there's some blue in there and the eye spots have like a little blue mark, at least on the American. And it's like a pink kind of cool color on the top wings. And they, I mean, they have some, they have some beauty to them. It's just at first glance, they just look orangey brownish black things. Yeah. Unless you're getting really good photos that are clear and crisp, or you're actually collecting them, it's going to be really difficult to tell which one you have in the field, Mm -hmm. I, I guess, because I'm looking at pictures of them right now and it just shows the top side and they look exactly alike. They do. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. But like Molly mentioned earlier, the painted lady has eye spots only on the hind wing, whereas the, the, American lady has eye spots in the hind wing and in the front wing. Mm -hmm. So the larvae of these guys, if you look for the caterpillar, um, on the painted lady, they feed on essentially stuff in the legume family. Mm -hmm. And then I'm looking at the American lady and it says that they eat cudweed. I don't even know what that is. I don't either. Pussy toes and rabbit tobacco is what my reference says. I don't know any of those. I don't either. Mine also says everlasting. Yeah, I got that one too. I don't know any of those are. I think the take home is they eat weeds, not things you plant in your garden, things that are just found on the side of the road in a field somewhere, not really a pest. And with painted ladies, a lot of times they're eating like thistle and hollyhock. And so This is why usually when I see them, I don't see these ones typically in my yard per se. I see these on the trails when I'm walking my dogs and they're kind of in those more forested, wooded, weedy, green belty kind of areas. So that's where they're going to be hanging out. So if you back up to a green belt, then these probably come into your yard. So I have a question. A A blue bonnet is considered a legume, right? So, cause it has that potty thing, right? Pod, right? So I wonder if painted ladies will be a pest of blue bonnets. I mean, I've never heard of anything really oh. on blue bonnets, but I wonder if that happens at times. Now I want to order the caterpillars and, and feed get it. some blue bonnets and see if they'll eat them. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, write that down. <laughs> the larvae on these, the coloration, they're kind of similar. I mean, they're they're And the thing with caterpillars is color variation within the same species can be ridiculous. So (laughs) there's always this. Yes. I mean, it's like variable in coloration and they can be anywhere from like a olive green color to a creamy yellow color to a black color. It's just like, you know, and and they don't have problems working with each other. (laughs) humans have an issue but with the the painted lady versus the american lady the painted lady i think looks fuzzier um they both have these kind of spiky things that come off of their body but you can you can still handle the caterpillars as far as i know i've never had any problem but the 
The spines on the painted lady are usually lighter in color. So they're more of kind of a creamy whitish yellow color. Whereas on the American lady, the spines are going to be black. And for the American lady, those spines are pretty stiff and stout, whereas the painted lady has those larger spines, but then they also have like a lot of finer hair-like spines, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I And I imagine they both have those hairs just to deter things from eating them. You know, I'm sure yeah. they probably break off a little bit and might irritate the digestive tract. Yeah. I, I can't imagine that it would be pleasant eating something that looks like that, but who knows anything else on the, on the ladies? I don't think so. I mean, I think you, you'd be surprised at how often they come to your garden. You say you get them confused with the red Admiral. I get them confused with like emperors. The, the, I just think they all, they just look like, I don't know if y'all, if you ever get a guide for Texas butterflies and you look through it, you'll realize that a lot of butterflies look really similar. Let's just go on to the checker spots then, because Good they luck there. Like, if you see a butterfly that's kind of like a, a checker pattern that's orange and brownish black, mm-hmm. it's going to be some type of a checker spot because and small. that's what they all look like, in my opinion. It yeah. just, I, I can say, hey, it's a checker spot, but as far as telling you which specific kind it is, it's like, I'm going to need you to kill it and send it to me because mm-hmm. I don't know. And I think they look like crescents too, which I guess, I wonder if some people call those checker spots also, but they all look yeah, like same, same shape, you know, like if you just did an outline of them, exact same shape of four wings, hind wings, the way they rest with them, same size. They all kind of are in this range of like an inch to, you know, no, definitely not two inches or like an inch to maybe yeah. an inch and a half. They're pretty small, very small butterfly. So, so even then being small, it's real hard for your eyes to train in and see and tell what it is. You have to be like, it has to be what you do is butterflies to be able to identify them. Yeah. And I'm sure that there are people that have been doing this for years and years and years. And they're probably listening to this going, I don't understand why you can't tell these apart when you're in the field. It's like, well, you know, that's what I'm in, you know, that's okay. We say the same thing when people send pictures of bugs that we think are obvious too. Why can't they just Google it? Exactly. Okay. So checker spots, small butterflies. And again, these are ones, a lot of these are going to feed on really common plants that you either find on roadsides or in people's yard, things like asters or uh, sunflowers or black eyed Susans or things like that. So they're going to, I mean, there's a wide variety of them and they're going to feed on plants that you find in a lot of landscapes. So again, they're going to be fairly common for you to actually find. Sometimes I'll have people that will um, have sunflowers growing close to their, their gardens and they'll send me pictures of different checkered spots or patches or things, the, the larvae that are leaving their host plant and they end up on their, in their vegetable garden somewhere. And they're wondering what it is. So if you have like sunflowers or maybe black eyed Susans or something like that, close to your, your plants that you watch a lot, you may notice them, but that's the only time I've ever had ever seen them or had people send pictures of them is when they've left the other stuff to go try to make a pupa case and they, and they're going on to something that somebody really wants to save. 
All right. The next one I had to talk about is the Red Admiral, which is the one that I can never. My favorite butterfly. Tell apart. <laughs> it <laughs> is. But you think that, it, I mean, it's, it is very distinct. I mean, it's, it's more of, I mean, it's more of a darker color in my opinion. It's more like a dark brown to black color. And then they have that orange kind of I don't know. It's kind of like a short band, but it doesn't go all the way around the hind wing. And then they have that red stripe on the front wing on the top and then the white speckles at the tip of the front wing. So, I mean, they're pretty obvious. And I mean, even on the underside, they've got that like blue U-shape marking thing on the front wing and the, the bright orange red stripe. So you think that my brain would be able to be like, hey. That is a red admiral. <laughs> That's why I like them so much because they're like that. It's not really black. They're not a black butterfly, but that really dark brown against that or that red or orange against that really dark brown. It's just so striking. It's I love it. Do you remember once we used to have a colleague who has passed, but Dr. Mark Maggie, used, he was really into butterflies and we were we were somewhere, all of us together, and we were talking about him. And he was saying something about red admirals. And I said, Yeah, that's my favorite butterfly. And the look he gave me was like, That is your favorite <laughs> butterfly. I will never forget that. <laughs> he was so unimpressed. <laughs> I tell all my 4 H kids that that's my favorite butterfly. It's one of the 4 H things they have to know. And I'm like, Okay, this is my favorite one. Everybody should get this one right. And they do. Oh, nice. Because I scare it out of them, I scare it into them. <laughs> See, now I feel bad that I'm never going to know that one. (laughs) But these ones, the larvae here are going to be variable in color, but usually the larvae that you see are like a dark color, like almost a blackish color. And then they have kind of a creamy white to yellow stripe. Mm-hmm. But the stripe doesn't go all the way down the side of the body. It looks like, in my opinion, it looks like it only goes on the abdomen. Yeah, I think you're right. Where the, the true legs are mm-hmm. and it goes down from there. And then it also has spines on its body. And those are, some of them are black and some of them are that yellow color, but they're kind of in, I don't know, rows across the segments on the abdomen almost. Mm-hmm. And these are going to feed on stuff that's in the nettle family. So again, weedy stuff. So they're pretty common. And these, these are really, really common. I see these ones all the time too, when I'm walking the dog. I mean, I, I think I saw some a couple of weeks ago that they were just kind of, you know, fluttering around and, you know, I'm terrible at catching butterflies and I'm not, not easy, not as bad as I am at catching like dragonflies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm really not good at catching butterflies. So they also supposedly fly all year round central Texas and below. Like if you're further North, they're they're probably more of a spring through fall flyer, but if it's warm, even in the cold, even in the colder months, if it's warm, you can catch these guys flying all year round. Yeah. I saw them last December when we were having that crazy hot 90 degree stuff going on. They were, they were flying. But, you know, again, they have no idea it's December. They're just doing their thing, right? I, I, yeah, they don't care. And also there's always weeds. Like it doesn't matter what time of year. So their host is always available. Something I do want to point, everybody's just like, oh, well, weeds are terrible and blah, 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 blah. 
you know, essentially a weed is going to be something that's out of place. So if you have the nettle or whatever in a green belt area, nobody cares that that's there because you're not tromping around in there or whatever. You're in a more managed space if you're in those areas. And so those are great to have in those areas, even though they're considered quote unquote weeds, because they are providing food for these caterpillars that turn into butterflies and we enjoy looking at them. Right. Yeah. One that I like that I, it's just because I'm from Ohio is the common buckeye. Yeah. I like that one too. And Oh, I, I see why you like the it. The eye spots on that one are gorgeous, but yeah, I, it, it's a Buckeye. So props to Ohio, right? Yeah. Plus it's just like a, I don't know. It's like a quintessential butterfly or I don't know. It just is a, I have no idea why I like them. Cause if you look at them, they're pretty bland, but they're just cool looking. Yeah. I think it's the eye spots that do it. I mean, it they're, they're just very distinct with the eye eye spots. So with the common buckeye, they are, I'm going to say one of the larger ones that we're going to be talking about today. They, you know, they are fairly decent in size, but these are kind of like a, a milk chocolate Brown, and they're going to have kind of a creamy color stripe on their front wings, and then kind of an orangey stripe on the hind wings. And then they have eye spots on the front and back wings Mm -hmm. and they are, the eye spots are like really, really distinct. And I believe that the eye spots are on the top and the bottom. They're on the, there, I, well, there's like, I'm looking at a picture of one. There's big eye spots on the top wing on the fore wing and the hind wing has, I must, I guess you could call those eye spots. It's a picture of a pretty beat up butterfly that I had, but (laughs) They're little bitty. They're not as um, impressive. And the one on the hind wing is kind of cool because it looks like it really looks like an eye. It has like the pupil, the white part of the eye. Is that the iris? I have no idea. Um, No, the iris is the color. uh, Okay. Sorry. It has the, it has like a a white uh, pupil. And then it looks like it's got like a, like a reflection of light. Like it has a little tiny blue dot on the inside. So it like a three-dimensional quality to it. The larvae here are going to, again, be highly variable in color. I feel like I'm saying that on every single larvae, but these are usually a dark brownish black color and they are going to have like, it's not a com- like a complete stripe along the body. It's kind of more of a broken stripe, almost like a, a series of dots really close together that makes it look like a stripe in kind of a creamy white color. And then they also have some kind of orangey colors around the big spiky spines that come off and their spiky spines are kind of like a dark black shine, but they're shiny. And these ones are going to feed on, let's see, I have toad flax, plantain, relia, and then my thing, dragon, mine just says others, (laughs) whatever that means. (laughs) I have snapdragons, acanthus, and then Gerardia. Yeah. I thought that that was like a disease that you got. (laughs) I thought so too. (laughs) It sounds like it. Uh, I also have false foxglove. Oh. Did you also say snapdragons? Yes, snapdragons. Which we grow, right? Unless there's other species of snapdragon that that is what they primarily prefer. 
I really like the Buckeyes. Those ones are super cool. And you can usually find those most of the year, spring through fall, um, in most of the state, but all year in the, if you're in the South, you see butterflies all year long because it just doesn't ever get cold enough. There's always nectar plants. There's always host plants. A Texas Crescent. I I chose the Texas Crescent because it's a Texas Texas. Crescent and hey, we, we need to cover that one. So this one is what? Anthanasa Texana. And then my books say, and I never could figure out when this changed. And it's kind of funny because I've got a couple different guides for like different regions of Texas. The majority of them call them, call the genus, um, phycoides, P-H-Y-C-I-O-D-E-S. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, but I have seen some of them with that. The one that you said. Anthanasa. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder who changed it and why did they decide to do that? And who cares? Depending on which book you are looking at for your reference, it could be either one. <laughs> who knows? So annoying. The adults are going to be a brownish black mottled color, and they're more kind of a orangey red closer in towards the body. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to have kind of white speckles on the front wing, and then they have a white line of spots, I guess, on their hind wing and larvae on these ones. They again, variable in color. They are dark brown and they're going to have light brown spines on them. And then they kind of have these creamy stripes that go along the side of the body, like lengthwise. And these feed again on the acanthus family. So a lot of the stuff that we mentioned previously for the buckeye, I have Ruelia, water willow, Jacobia, Jacobina, Jacobia. I, mm-hmm. I have no idea what that is. I, I also know. have shrimp plants. Oh, well <laughs> then they'll love my yard because I have shrimp. Plants. <laughs> cool. I'm going to have to go out and look for the larvae now. I imagine they're probably pretty tiny considering how, you know, the wingspan yeah, of Texas Crescent's are... like an inch to an inch and a half. So you can imagine their babies are pretty small too. We also have the, the punctuation ones. Uh, the common ones that I usually see, there's a, a, a comma butterfly that it's called that because it has a comma mark on its wing. And then we have another one that's called a question mark that has a question mark on its wing. Kind of, you have to like squint and pretend. It's just- Yes, yes, and use your imagination. (laughs) It's really a terrible name for it, but it's a pretty butterfly. Well, I say it's a pretty butterfly. It looks the same as the rest, but its wings are shaped cool. Yeah, they kind of have, instead of a more rounded wing, the commas and question marks have kind of more squared off Yes. Wings. And they also, they are very distinct in the the top versus the bottom wings on the top part of it. It's going to be a brighter color. Whereas when they fold up the wings, they essentially look like a dead leaf because Mm -hmm. they're going to be camouflaged then. Yes. We also have things like the morning cloak and that's morning Mm -hmm. as in you're sad, not as in you just woke up. 
I read and looked up so many reasons why it was called the morning cloak. And you'd think maybe because it's dark, so it looks like it's in mourning. But I read that one of the theories for why it was given that common name is because it has a little edge of yellow peeking out. It's all brown, dark, and uh-huh. has a little edge of yellowish white. It looks like a little girl's dress peeking out of her morning cloak. <laughs> oh, okay. I I can... I can use my imagination and see that. Yeah. It just seems like, you know, they were trying too hard. <laughs> oh, and by the way, talking about those question marks and comma marks in the shape of their wings, the w- they're also sometimes called angle winged butterflies because of that angular, like boxy shape they have. Oh, that totally makes sense. And the cool thing, again, with the a lot of the commas, they're going to feed on nettle and things like that, whereas question marks feed on hackberry, which yeah. I know we have a ton of in Texas. So that is one of those, if you have a hackberry, don't panic because something's eating it and it turns into a pretty butterfly. Do you see many morning cloaks where you are? Because I'm not sure I've ever seen one in the wild. I do not see a lot of morning cloaks. Um, but again, I typically don't go out looking for butterflies. Now, if you're it, beetles or cockroaches, then yeah, I would be all over it. But <laughs> butterflies. Never, I don't think I've ever noticed a morning cloak ever. But I have a lot from people that have given me collections from up north. So maybe they're more of like above me. They're they're more of a northern occurrence. I'm reading in my book here on the morning cloak. It's Northern Canada to the Northern half of Florida and Texas. So they're going to be, if you're in like Dallas, Fort Worth areas, you're going to probably see them more so than we do here further South. Sure. There's always stragglers that make their way in places where they're not normally found, but exactly not just not common. If you are curious about seeing what these butterflies are that we've been mentioning, make sure that you go to agrolifelearn.tamu.edu and search for butterfly gardening. I have an online course up there where you can learn a little bit more and see more details, visualize what a lot of these butterflies look like. Thanks for joining us this week on Bugs by the Yard, and we'll catch you next time.